Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, folks. Yeah, it's good morning. It's 1 a.m. You're not going to be listening to this for a little while. Well, today we I got into a little bit of a, well, the usual, as he says in his, in his little podcast, STL Cards Cards is Tom Bernanski, or a.k.a. the person we don't know his name or what he looks like. He could be an alien. Probably is an alien, but... He kind of responded to my tweet about telling folks to calm down because I've heard quite a bit of uproar over uh, some March exhibition games. He really, it really got him worked up. It got him so worked up that he just concluded a one-hour-long podcast, just himself rambling and spending half the time apologizing because he was tired. Well, apparently, maybe you shouldn't record podcasts when you're tired. Anyway. I have plenty of energy. This is my time. This is 1 a.m. My wife is sleeping. My kid is sleeping. A stay-at-home dad. When the kid goes to sleep, this is his free time. So I'm way wide awake. Look, let's just break right into it. Do spring training games matter? Yes. For A, double-A ball players trying to make an impression, trying to convince the Cardinal coaches and management, the Hey, I'm Good, the Harrison Baders, the Luke Weavers, those kind of guys that are trying to make a dent, yes. Does it really matter what Matt Holiday does in spring training? Really. Do you? The main reason why I don't really look at spring training, I don't watch a lot of spring training, but number one, the regular season is six months long. It's 162 games long. It's a lot of nights. It's unlike any sport in the world. It happens five to six days a week. There's no break. So I can't get too worked up about exhibition games. Yes, if I was living in Florida, like Mr. Bruno does, he goes to a lot of games, it may be different. I can watch them. I can see these guys develop. But I'm not going to sit around and march. Number one, there's hockey. Of course, he doesn't like hockey. He'll just dismiss that statement. There's hockey playoffs going to be starting up here soon, so that's the most important thing. Number two, uh, I got other stuff to do. Let's put it this way. He made a lot of points about, well, first thing he talked about Michael Waka. How, oh, man, his spring training matters. No. Because guess what? He couldn't locate his fastball in September. He couldn't locate his fastball in October. What do you think is there any reason we expect him to locate his fastball in March? He's going to be the same problematic, formerly known as an ace pitcher who probably falls down to a three or four, which is not bad. He's never going to be the 2013 Michael Waka, that October graceful warrior who just came out of nowhere and just took it over. That guy's gone. He's gone forever. Because when you have a closer's arsenal of pitches, a fastball and a changeup with an okay curve, but if you can't locate your fastball, you're going to get hammered. And that's what happened towards the end of Michael Walker's first full season in the majors. Does Do I need to march to convince me that that's going to change as we go into April? No. So let's just have the April game start, and then we'll see how he does. Because those games are going to matter. And if he gets hammered, you might have to pull him out. Or maybe work on some stuff there. I don't think he's going to solve that issue in spring training. They don't matter. Jeremy Hazelbaker, that was brought up. 
yes, he had a great stretch of 58 games and 207 at-bats at Memphis. He had over 950 OPS. He tore it up. He's definitely going to be a guy to think about. I didn't need spring training for that to happen. I know he's a guy, especially with everybody else up there except for Charlie Tilson. It's pretty much Charlie and Jeremy in AAA this year as the outfield call-ups, unless Carlos Paguero makes it. I don't think he is. But, you know, Hazel Baker's got some holes in his swing. He's not a shoe-in to make it, but he's definitely a guy that's going to be on the, you know, on the fringe I didn't need spring training to find it out. I don't need to watch the games. You, you know, you can watch spring training from afar. You can check the box scores if you want. But these, and when I say that health is a big deal, yeah, of course they wouldn't play the games. But as we've seen this month, players fall, Colton Wong gets hurt, Luke Weaver runs into a teammate and breaks his wrist. He's out for a month. Mitch Harris is out. Johnny Peralta is out. All these guys have fallen. I well, these guys get hurt when they actually play games that count. If that doesn't make sense, I don't know what can make sense to you. I still say spring training is too long. At least the games are. You know, they have to play four weeks of games or, or two. Can we just can we limit it down? I, I'm not the only person that holds a sentiment, and all those people aren't crazy. They're just not STL cards cards. Who could have just said, maybe he made his handle STL Cards or STL Brunansky or STL Overweight Mustachioed 1980s Sluggers. Or one day, maybe tell us his real name. Anyway, let's not get crazy. You know, you're always going to read the name on my desk is Dan Buffa. No matter if I get attacked by 20 trolls no matter if I get my feelings hurt or if I get slammed by cards, cards, which is pretty much every day. I mean, I, I can't, I don't have to pay for the publicity that Mr. Cards, cards gives me. I mean, even if I get kind of bored, I just kind of, you know, whether I, we go back and forth or not, cards, cards is one of my favorite follows because he does bring great insight in the game. He keeps me honest. He, he knows a lot about the game. He respects it. We don't, disagree on everything and we usually we disagree on we can kind of go back and forth and respect each other this is the first time that we have had dueling podcasts at each other it just tells you how passionate and crazy we are and how you know hours and time of day doesn't really matter to us but you know he's on a list i, I got like a list of 17 follows because i'm a respectful guy i follow you back i follow a lot of people you know, I'm not like the person that's going to have like 2,000 follows and only follow 100 people. Um, that's just not me. So, but but I do have a list of people that I check on, like 17 people that I just love to follow and wonder what they say. So, I check my I check what Bernanski's saying. I'm always in there, even when I'm not even tagged. Not at Buff 82, where obviously I'm going to find out right away in my notifications. No, it's always like, oh, Buffa, what's he doing? Or ah, Buffa. So really, this guy gives me free publicity. And just when it comes to mentioning me, because, folks, as a journalist said over 100 years ago, publicity is publicity. It could be good, bad, or ugly. But it's, it's whatever it is, it's still publicity. People are talking about you. That's the main reason to get on Twitter. Main reason to write a tweet, to write an article, is to get people talking about you, good or bad. It's basically what it is. It, it's social networking. That's what it is. 
So, you know, does spring training matter? You know, I mean, I, I'm not telling people to stop freaking out, to not worry about it at all. But I can have told you this Cardinals offense was going to be suspect a month ago. They're not going to, I mean, really, let's, let's put it this way. If the Cardinals were slugging the crap out of the ball, wouldn't people be going, and not even not just the crazy people that Bernanski you know talks about, because nobody's as smart as Tom Bernanski. Tom Bernanski has still card scars. He knows everything. Everybody else who disagrees with him, or a group that disagrees with him, has to just be nutty. But wouldn't everybody be telling people that hey, it's spring training, calm down. These stats don't matter. It wouldn't just be me. It'd be a lot of people. People that I respect would go, hey, look, you know, people that, that have been in cards, cards, and I circles that we both respect would be going, hey, okay, who, who so what if you went four, four, two home runs? It's spring training. But it's only when it's the other side, when they're not hitting, that everybody goes, oh, come on, we should all freak out. We know this Cardinal offense is built suspectly. We know that in the offseason, John Mazalock, when he lost out and didn't get Jason Hayward, who's only a 780-785 OPS guy on average, over six seasons in the major leagues, he hasn't really put together a trend of what he can produce. He's more there for his outstanding defense, base running, the whole complete package. So when he lost out on him, I generally thought that maybe – and I told Daniel Shopton in our Best Dance on Baseball podcast, which did publish today, a shameless plug there, or shameful, depending on if you like it or not. I told him that I thought maybe Mosaic would shift and go, hey, you know, we lost on the great player, the six-war player. Let's go out and let's forget about it. Let's get an offensive knockout artist. Because this Cardinals offense does not have a knockout artist. Matt Whitner Cheap Seat Fan, a great follow, at Cheap Seat Fan. Really good follow. Has a UCB radio bit with Tara Wellman. Doesn't tweet a lot, but he's very good. We talked about this hours after the Cardinals were eliminated by the Cubs last October. We talked about the Cardinals need to rethink their offensive strategy because, you know, finding these guys like Carpenter and Biscotti the doubles, the get on base, you know, it's base what Matt Holiday is. Johnny Peralta, you know, not really, even when he's healthy, is not really an offensive juggernaut. Matt Adams is basically a guy who used to be a power hitter in 2013. Then when he tried to start beating shifts, he started to suck. Uh, Brandon Moss, well, if he can get back to 2014, basically no knockout on this. So why not, if you lose out on Hayward, why don't you rethink your whole thing and go after a guy like Cespedes, who signed a three-year deal with the Mets. He didn't get a gigantic deal. When, we, when the media and I, Derek Gould, Channel 5, Fox Sports, whatever, we talked to John Moselle at the winter warm-up. All he kept saying was, I have faith in Randall Critchick and Biscotti. I have faith in my guys. Basically saying that Cespedes, no, he's not worth it. You know, oh, he's a suspect clubhouse guy. Oh, he's played on a few different teams. Uh, he was a six-war player last year, and he's got a cannon in the outfield. He may lose some range if he played right field. That was a guy that I, I ruined for all, all off season. 
yes, I fell in love with the Chris Davis thing, but after seeing him get seven years, a hundred what eighty million dollars, that's nuts, and that's Baltimore's problem. Cespedes, if all he wanted in the end was three years, and opt out after one year, you know what that does for a team? That might give control of the player, but if you're the Cardinals and you don't want to donate all that you know, allocate all that money towards a player for more than a season or two, hey, that's great. You might get one year and then be off the hook. If he has an okay year or a decent year, you say he wants to stick around, he sticks around. He might extend him. But I would have given him that deal. It was pretty clear in January that he wasn't getting the deal that Justin Upton would get. Justin Upton got a big deal for the Tigers. He's a younger player. He's for better or worse, he's more established than Cespedes, even though he's about the same age as his brother was when BJ kind of fell off the rock mountain and became nothing. Anyway, Cespedes ended up getting a three-year deal. That's what the guy that Matt and I were talking about, or a guy like that, a knockout artist, a guy who could hit cleanup. He could allow you to not just go, okay, Steve Biscotti, now can you be our savior same for you, Gritchick, even though your your right elbow is a ticking time bomb. Please, save us. Uh, Tommy Pham, good contacts, bad contacts, good diet, bad diet, bad legs. Get out there in that bench or, or play an extra role and save us. No, you can let those guys develop, be weapons. They're young. They're, you know, you don't have to rush them. You can have gotten Cespedes for three years. Don't tell me that Mazzeo couldn't have gotten on that phone and said, hey, uh, come on over here. You know, I mean, we have, we may not have the pitching in the Mets, but, you know, it's St. Louis. But, you know, Mosaic didn't want that. So I knew this offense was going to be suspect. They did nothing to change it. Jed Jerko's great, but he's a backup. I mean, I like that he's got, he's got backup long and, you know, Colton has a little bit of a slip. Hey, he's got a knee contusion. If that stretches on, Jerko can play. He adds to the bench, just like, you know, I think our bench is going to be better. Address that with Bernanski. Addressed it even when the Cardinals were making moves. I was like, hey, everybody, we cleaned up the bench. We trimmed the fat. Not all the fat. But we didn't get a knockout artist. We still have the same, well, let's hope we get a couple hits. Let's hope we get on base. Let's hope our big three hitter, Matt Holliday, who shouldn't be hitting third anymore. He should be hitting second or fifth. Got to let the guy lead off is all he he gets on base. He hits doubles. If he leads off, he can't end in double play balls. Anyway, that's another that's a whole another podcast. But we haven't we didn't make any big upgrades. Our biggest upgrade was getting a backup. So why would I think that this six hundred and forty seven for a season run producing offense? The last two years, six forty seven, what was this the year before? Six seventy something. It doesn't produce a lot of runs. Why would that change if you have a bunch of hypotheticals in your lineup? If this guy does this, if Gritchick can stay healthy, if Moss can revert back to his 2014 form, if Holiday's completely healthy, if Adams all of a sudden forgets forgets that he's a bad hitter who can only hit right-handers and can't hit home runs anymore, what if he forgets that and goes back to what he was? This offense is going to be excruciating to watch at times until John Mazalock. And I wrote this along with my other 79 articles. I know people kid me about how much articles I write. Look, 
you write or you don't write. You you can talk about writing and whine about it if you're writing and want to write. I write. I write if I work a, a 40 or 50 hour a week warehouse job. I write with a screaming kid near a room. I write with a screaming kid and a screaming wife near a room. I write because I love to. I barely get paid a lick for it. I do it because I love it. So yes, I wrote a lot of car articles about, hey, get this guy, get this guy. I basically was screaming, get somebody to fix this anemic offense. I don't need a spring training to tell you that the Cardinals are going to have a hard time scoring runs. They're 8-12 and 12 this spring. In the last week or so, they've won once. I think once in the last two weeks. They're getting beat up a lot. They're not scoring runs. They lost Johnny Peralta, who, as I noted earlier, isn't an offensive juggernaut, but he's still a starting shortstop. He's still a guy who just a, a year, two years ago, was a five-and-a-half war player, a good offensive player. He just got ran on the ground last year. Could be the start of a trend downward. Maybe he's not a shortstop anymore. Maybe a Ledmus Diaz changes our mind or that mind-blowing acquisition of Robert Rubin Tejada, who isn't going to be doing shit. Anyway, I didn't need spring training. That's what I meant. People can, can analyze all they want. When I say calm down, I just mean to say that people, the real games are going to ones that are really going to drive you nuts. When the Cardinals go into April 20th, and they've only scored averaging maybe two and a half runs a game at that. That's when you go, man, that's when you pull out the Tony La Russa line from 2011. It's only the third week of the season. You don't get too freaked out, too crazy in, in March because April, May, June, July, August, and September, and October are going to drive you insane when the Cardinals are carrying three to two, two to one, when Trevor Rosenthal climbs the mound at, at PNC Park with a 3-2 lead, with a guy on second base that he probably hit after he struck out the first guy, and guess who walks in the plate? David Freeze. That's going to fry all your nerve endings for just right there. So why are we going to get all worked up about a, a, a feeble, anemic March offense that I could have told you was going to be this way. I can write 40 more articles about this what-if offense, the good parts about it, the best-case scenarios, the worst-case scenarios. But I And I can say that, hey, I'm a little excited about it just because I don't know what the hell it's going to do. But if you told me uh, March 1st, Dan... They're going to score a shit ton of runs this March, and it's going to be fantastic. I want to say you're fucking crazy. And yeah, I just said fucking, because this is my podcast. Dose above a podcast. It's not UCB. This is not censored. I know. People don't like, people in the Midwest don't like hearing the word fuck. Well, I say fuck a lot. And let me tell you something. If you thought this offense was going to blow the fucking roof off in March, you're nuts. You weren't paying attention the last two years. Or even in 2013, when our runners in scoring position average was just insane. This team is built on pitching. John Mazalock likes pitching. That's why when he lost down Hayward, he publicly said, and turns out privately said, 
let's get some pitching. Let's go get Mike Leak to basically be Lance Lynn. Not the Lance Lynn who got hurt last May and toughed it out to the end of September and then couldn't start a game. And then that's where everything went haywire against the Cubs. Because you had uh, 36-year-old John Leggett, yeah, go out and start game four, it'll be fine. Walker will start game three and get bombed because all he can throw is a fastball he can't locate. I mean, look, this has been the same problem this team has had for the last two to three years. John Mazzeoff, pitching staffs. He's starting to draft offensive players. We got some guys down there that might do well, but they're years away. Okay. Charlie Tilson, Jeremy Hazelbaker aren't going to come up and change this damn team. What you see on this team is what you got. Everything else is kind of like an A ball or double A ball. Years of what? Years away. Years from breaking our hearts are not doing good enough in the double A and triple A to even make it up here. There is no Steven Biscotti down in Memphis this year. There is no Gritchick. There, unfortunately and painfully, isn't a, a rising star like Oscar Tavares. The rising star are guys like Alex Reyes, who unfortunately puffed too much weed to care about being ready for the spring training, or else he might find himself on his team up against. He decided to break a, a clear fucking rule for the second time. He has his major league career, which is going to blossom like a spring flower. Now it's delayed because he was an idiot. But he's the, the phenom in this system. He is a pitcher. This team is built on pitching. That's why I, I said the Cardinals, they have the best, I think they are going to have the best pitching staff in this division. They have a bullpen of, of closers, even without Jordan Walden, even with Jonathan Broxton trying to make money and cash a lottery ticket. They have a they have Adam Wainwright back, who I am not going to be worried about. If he got shelled this spring, it doesn't matter. It may matter in some small scale. Guys like Hazel Baker trying to reinforce it. Hey, last August while I was doing in Memphis, it's for real, man. I, I can hit. We know that, Jeremy. Thank you. Alemis Diaz, you know, continuing what he did in August in the Arizona Fall League, he's going to get his shot. Obviously, the team didn't think right away, but they, they got Tejada. Nothing in spring training has surprised me. Nothing has said, oh, my gosh, I didn't see that coming. No. There's no reason to get worked up about exhibition games. Analyze them. Look at the box scores. Go, ooh, that's Randall Gritchick. Oh, he's so he's so nice to look at. All right, that's basically what my wife says when he comes to the plate. You know, no matter what, if he strikes out on three pitches or not, or swings at a pitch that was thrown towards the dugout. But yeah, you know, baseball's back, and it, and in just about well now, let's see, a week and a handful of hours, it's going to be almost time to blast off the season where the real games matter, where it is time where the real blood pressure starts to rise during the ninth innings when Rosenthal climbs the mound or when it's just a 1-1 game late and the Cardinal offense is still you know, hanging out in the clubhouse. The Cardinal offense has been struggling for the last two years. It was not addressed in the offseason. What would you think that they would do any better this March? 
just appreciate that baseball is back. That's all I can tell people in the spring. And hope that your whole team doesn't get injured before April 1st, which the Cardinals miraculously avoided. Oh, what else is there to talk about? Let's talk about more spring. Or I I could just tell you, oh, I'm so tired. I'm sorry I had to come to the phone and illegally battle Buffa because I just love to talk about Buffa. Bruno, if you're too tired, don't do a podcast, buddy. You know, you can at least have some red velvet cake that's got some sugar in it. That should give you some energy. I'm always up for a little back and forth. Twitter, podcast, articles, you you know I'm always going to be around. And it's going to be me. It's going to be Dan Buffa. I see all these accounts. Let let me pick a little uh, pet peeve here. The people that, their little cool accounts and they cover up their real selves. And, you know, I understand, look, there's the Art Lippos, STO Cup of Joe's, Cardinal Farms. Those guys have been around forever. But the people, the people that change your, your name for when the Cardinals record changes, you suck. Okay? STO cards, 54 and 30, you suck. Uh, I love El Gallo, 45, you suck. Have some balls. Have some toughness. Put your name out there or have a name and stick with it. Is it too hard? If you work for a company, say, you know, all opinions expressed are my own. If your company doesn't like that, your company sucks. No matter who I work for, no matter if I got a job, you know, in a place saying like I, my name would always be Buffa. I could be attacked by a troll or 20 or one guy making 20 accounts, and it's always going to be Buff82. Never going to change. The name of my desk is always going to be Buff82. Not somebody else, not another player, not this or that. Hey, I guess that just makes me boring. Or a buffoon. Or maybe I just need to calm down. I don't like to calm down. I'm a very, you know outgoing, moving individual. I don't like calming down. Calming down's for people right before they die, you know, or you're old and you're kind of tired. Okay, calm down. I tell my 61-year-old dad who likes to act like he's 30, I tell him to calm down. But no, I don't want to calm down. I'm not going to back down to anything. I'm always up for a fight. And for the people that want to freak out over spring training stats or analyze them or be a little surprised or shocked or worried, go ahead. But I'm still going to tweet out that these are exhibition games and they're not telling us anything that we didn't already know. Did we know, did March tell us that Matt Adams is still a lost holes in his swing, soon to be trade bait, hopefully, formerly known as a slugger? No. He's the same guy he was last October, last May, before he got hurt. He's the same guy. Did Brandon, Brandon Moss hit well this spring? That's great. He could go in the, the season and strike out 45 times in a month. The real games are about ready to start. The ones that are going to be counting towards the standings. The ones that make or break your season tell you if you go to the playoffs or not. Those are about ready to start. 
the times where you just go, oh, there's that player. Oh, it's so good to see him again. That's over now. The real games are about ready to start. And did I, did I find anything new about this offense that I didn't already know on January 15th or February 22nd? No. This offense is going to drive you insane. It's going to score more often, two or three runs, and five or six. That's that's because it wasn't improved in the offseason. They're hoping that the return of players or the projection of players, the Scotty and Critics projections at, at, at fan graphs aren't mind-blowing. Those are mere projections. They're hopes. I hope these guys outdo it. I hope these guys prove John Mazalak right. But the good thing about being a Cardinals fan and also writing about them is that when you are critical – and then they prove you wrong, hey, it's great. When Edgar Renneria was a feeble-hitting Cardinal shortstop and all of a sudden he became a great hitter, I was pleasantly amused. I mean, right now, this team hasn't really changed except for the bench, which they cleaned up, and except for, you know, maybe some what-ifs or this or that. They haven't changed. Spring training hasn't taught me anything new about this team that I didn't already know. The real games are going to start on April on April 3rd. Those are the ones that are going to tell us all we need to know about this team. Can the pitching do it again? Can the offense do enough? Thank you, Bernanski. This has been great. And guess what? I can go another half an hour or another hour and not whine about being tired. Good night.